or your phone or whatever it may be, I want you to just turn to a verse, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 5. Matthew chapter 18. I will actually have it on the screen, but you can use your own device. That's fine. Great. As I contemplated the reality of children this morning and was certainly thinking about the dedications, I just... I know that Jesus Christ had some things to say about children in relation to who we are as adults. And this passage typifies that so wonderfully of what Jesus spoke to adults about in relation to children and how we are to emulate them or how we are to be like children. Have you ever heard that? Be childlike. So this passage has something to say about that. And uh, I'll read it to you. It says in Matthew 18, 1 to 5, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So we see very clearly Jesus uses this point. The disciples, unfortunately, at this stage in their lives, were very much caught up in their own little world. And the disciples were very much wanting to find out who's the greatest. They even had some arguments amongst themselves about who was better than the other. It's, uh, unfortunately, thankfully, those men and women sorted themselves out and become quite useful in God's kingdom. But at this stage... They were having some struggles with their own self-importance and pride. And so Jesus, in, in the midst of that, says, I'll, I don't forget, just want to let you know, the YPs are now released. All the young people to their discipleship class. Thank you, Steve. Forgive me for that. Go for it. Have a great time. That's the uh, 12 and 13-year-olds. Sorry. There's only so many things my brain can manage to hold in at one time. Don't worry, you're the same. So Jesus, Jesus had this uh, opportunity uh, to deal with the disciples. And what he did was he, he, he grabbed a little child and he just pulled, well, not pulled, but invited a child to come and stand in the midst of this crowd of people and say, you know what? You know what, guys? You've got to become like this if you want to, uh, if this, if you want to do life well. You've got to become like this if you want to actually become, get into the kingdom of God, become childlike, Okay. And who knows there's a difference between childlike and childish. Yeah, cool. So it actually says that there's some attributes, Jesus said, of children that we as adults would be good to keep in our lives as we grow older. There's some attributes of children that we should keep in our lives as we grow older. Because it'll do us well, it'll hold us in good stead. Um, the reality is, is that as we get older, we can... Unfortunately, age is no guarantee of maturity. I'll say it again, age is no guarantee of maturity. <laughs> and and uh, in actual fact, to grow older and yet become more childlike seems like an oxymoron. Do you know what that is, oxymoron? Something that seems to contradict itself in the same sentence, like friendly fire. I mean, who gets shot and say, that's friendly? So growing older and yet becoming more childlike, it seems really silly, but it's a reality. It's what Jesus was saying something very clearly. There was a precious lady who turned 100 and she was 
celebrating her birthday and you can appreciate everybody came out for it, all the family, all the friends, all came out for her 100th birthday. This precious lady, 100, she was getting into it. And the wonderful thing about her 100th year is she was in her right mind. She was sharp. Her body was very frail, but her mind was as sharp as the day she was born. She was an incredible lady. Of course, the local newspaper came along with a young man who was a reporter, and he was wanting to, you know, not every day someone turns 100. And so he was asking the right questions, and he was seeking out, you know, uh, to put a story in the paper. And he asked this, he got down to this uh, level of this, like she was in a chair, and he said to this precious lady, Mrs. Smith, who was 100 years of old, uh, and he said, um, uh, did you have any children yet? I'm um, sorry, have you had any children? And uh, she paused for a moment and she says, not yet. <laughs> I gave it away, didn't I? That was a bad punchline. But the reality is, as she said, I- I'd love to be 100 and have that kind of wit. I'd love to be 100 and, and continue to be thinking you know, outside the box. She knew that there was no chance of her having a child, but the reality is that she gave a good answer. Have you had any children? Not yet. (laughs) I want to talk to you today about three ways you need to be childlike. Three ways you need to be, not just, it's not just maybe. And whether you're 12, uh, whether you're 14, 15, 16, or, you know, 95 today, these all apply. They're, They're simple principles, but they're incredibly important what Jesus spoke to the disciples and to the crowd that day. How do we need to be childlike? The first one, here's number one, really simple. Children understand the power of unless. Let me explain it. The power of unless. In Matthew 18, um, verse 3, it says, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted, there you go, unless you are converted and become a little child, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of God. You know, as children, we've all had a parent or a teacher say to us, you can't eat your lunch unless you wash your hands. Unless you clean your room, you're not going out this afternoon. Who's ever had that one? Uh, unless you do this or this or this, unless uh, many things, uh, unless you apologize, you won't be watching television this afternoon. There's always something that children understand, and maybe you grew up with it as well, that you know, the reality is there's, there's a unless time in our lives. There's, someone will say that to us in our life, and children generally understand that. They grow up with that. Um, we all understand plant a seed, and unless you plant a seed, you won't get a tree of fruit. Unless you strike a match, you won't get a fire to warm yourself, unless. So the first effort, with your effort, can come reward. And if you don't, if you don't put in effort, often there is no reward. There's always a consequence to the things that you do, isn't there? And the reality is that, unfortunately, our human nature can always push for the free lunch. It can always uh, want to take the shortcut to uh, maybe fame and riches and the attitude that uh, I'll get away with it if I can. But I've discovered in life, uh, at this stage of my life, that it doesn't win when you take the shortcuts. It doesn't win. Um, Unfortunately, uh, if you take the shortcut, you'll end up long-term with the pain sometime down the track. You might get the reward straight away. You might think, well, I've beat the system, but unfortunately, there's always a day of reckoning, isn't there? And Jesus says, unless unless you do this, there's never going to be the rewards of that. 
And children understand that. I remember as a student, somewhere in the middle of grade nine, something really important kicked in in my life, something that I hadn't thought about until the middle of grade nine. And this was it. You've actually got to study. My results up to the middle of grade nine were very average, below average in some situations. And somewhere in my little boy brain, I kicked into some maturity that said, you know what, if I studied, I'd do a lot better. You can, if you drew it on a graph, my results just went like this and continued to go well right through the end of high school. But up to that point, I, I didn't connect that if I don't put effort in, I'm not going to get the results. I want to tell you many people, unfortunately, they've never connected that. And I want to encourage you, if you want to be childlike today, not childish, childlike, you've got to connect the re reality, put some effort in, and the rewards will come. Children, we grow up telling our children to do that, but as adults, I sometimes can forget that, and I need to... In and enhance and emulate what children have learned. And what I learned many, many years ago, I need to still do. You know, there may be a short-term gain, but ultimately there can be a long-term pain if we take shortcuts. Got to be careful. So as an adult, what part of unless do we forget? What part have we forgotten? What, do we, what have we done that we thought we could get away with it? Jesus says, you know, unless... In other words, there's a part of us that needs to be reminded of that every day because uh, what you sow will be what you reap. And, we, and we, uh, unless we sow, we'll never reap. It's amazing how many people go through life expecting to reap, but they never give the time to sow, put the effort in. Here's the second thing. Second way we need to be childlike. G children, I've discovered this. Children don't seek greatness. They just do great things. They just do. Let me explain. Matthew 18.4 says that whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was talking to his disciples who were very much um, talking about their own position, their own um, power, their own elevation. And, 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 and it was all for the wrong reasons because they were just seeking out to try and um, you know, see who was better than the other he was the best amongst the 12 disciples. Uh, and, and while that, thankfully that was not an attitude that they embraced for too long because Jesus sought to dealt, deal with that attitude. He, he sought to deal with it. And that's why he said, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so pride and self-absorption has a way of always seeking to bring glory to self and it manipulates others to get Sometimes, unfortunately, when we're caught up in our selfish ways and we manipulate others uh, to get them, to get ourselves noticed. And, and it's not a good way to live. Self-centeredness is never satisfying because it always demands more recognition and more accolades and more acknowledgement and, and you know, to feed the ego. And it never really fulfills. And unfortunately, we continue on an endless circle of trying to make people like us. And folks, it never works and we don't need to do it. I tell you... Um, and, and for what we do. See, children by nature, children by nature are not old enough to understand anything about trying to be better than the other person. But children just want to do good, often because they just want to do good, because they've seen adults do good, and they haven't got the ego or a pride issue involved in that. They just want to do good. They just want to do good. And, you know, I think that's the nature as adults that we need to continue to remember that, we, hey, let's just continue to do good things. There was a little boy who'd been to the supermarket and he'd bought the, the, a food for the family 
He was commissioned. He went out. He came back. And on the way back, he got distracted, as little boys do. He found on this big grassy hill lots and lots of people. In the middle of them was Jesus with his disciples. Jesus was actually speaking and teaching to all this large crowd of people and to the disciples and healing people and seeing amazing things happen. And this little boy, because he was little, he could get real close. He just kind of dodged in between the crowd and got real close and sat with the disciples right there in the middle of this incredible big crowd. He was amazed. He saw people healed. He saw God, Jesus teaching and saying amazing things. He was overtaken with, wow, I've never seen this before. He'd forgotten about going home and passing on the food that he'd bought. So it was getting late and he heard the disciples spoken to by Jesus and Jesus says, you know, the disciples actually said, you know, we need send them away, Jesus. We need to feed this crowd. And Jesus, he heard Jesus say, you feed them. The disciples, you feed them. And the disciples have got their calculators out trying to work out how much money we're taking. Think, we haven't got enough finance to pay for all these people to be fed. And that's where the little boy suddenly got excited. He thought, you know, if Jesus can heal the blind and the sick, why can't he take my simple lunch and, just, and, and do something amazing with it? I'll just give what I've got. He'd forgotten the reality that his family needed it, he, but he thought, I've got to give it. It's something burning in his heart, the excitement. He was just a little boy, but he thought, if I just give what I've got. So we see this little boy, he gave his five loaves and two fishes. They took it. Jesus multiplied it and fed over 5,000 people with such a small amount. He was amazed. But you know the interesting thing that maybe we've never considered? We don't even know the name of the little boy. It was never mentioned in Scripture. It was, just a, it was just a boy who happened to have five loaves and two fishes. And you know what? The little boy just wanted to do a good thing. He wasn't looking to do a great thing. He wasn't interested in, in self-recognition or, or self-absorption. He wasn't interested in what he, it was all about him. It was all about what Jesus could do with the little that he had. And I just want to say sometimes, folks, that we need to consider, would you do the good thing if you knew that you'd never get the recognition for it? And I think that's being childlike. When we're willing to do the good thing, not have to, it, and no one has to know about it, and yet ultimately that good thing sometimes becomes a great thing and no one knows who done it but you know and I think that's childlike and I love it Jesus didn't produce food via a miracle he used what was available to him to carry out the miracle and I think he takes our lives and and just a little boy's life who was willing to give willing to give the the substance that he had and, you know, I love the reality that the boy was ready to do a good thing without a desire to be recognized, which became a great thing. And, and the way that good gets to be great is when we don't have the concern about who receives the, the accolades and the recognition. And I think through life that we've got to understand that, that good becomes great when we're willing to give up receiving the recognition. I think children are like that. Let's never lose the passion to do good things while not seeking greatness because they may just turn into great things while doing good things. Here's the third thing. Third way we need to be childlike. Children have an incredible simple trust. Have an incredible... Jesus, in verse 2 of this passage in Matthew 18, you notice he just calls a child to himself. He doesn't go and drag the little child by the ear and say, come out here, mate. 
Understandably, the scripture doesn't always fill in the, in the um, blanks, but I gather this child come willingly to Jesus. Why did that happen? I, I gather that Jesus was a very likable character. I think children were attracted to Jesus. I think the little boy with the five loaves and two fishes was attracted simply because Jesus was there speaking. I think children were very much attracted and they, and they simply trusted Jesus. I think it's a beautiful example of, of, of uh, our relationship can be with Jesus. There was no question on this child's, it seemed to just come to Jesus. It's childlike trust. Matthew 18 verse 3, uh, it says, of course, as I read the verse before, it just says, uh, unless you're converted and become as a little child, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It just took one word to seal the deal about what it takes to be welcomed into God's kingdom in this passage. Jesus just said one word. And the one word was, the one word to become a Christian, a believer in Jesus, is to be like a child. And believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew uses the word convert up there in verse 3. The word convert means to reverse your thinking. That's simply it. Or turn around what you think. Uh, for some of us, sometimes it's not so much um, turning around what we think. It's actually embracing what sometimes we think. But we've just got to let it touch our hearts about who Jesus Christ is. Because sometimes we think... Oh, well, you know, God, Jesus, yeah, I don't have a real struggle with that. But, but sometimes we've got to embrace the reality of that. Because you know what? It says very clearly, um, we'll never, if we don't reverse our thinking, if there's one group of people in this world have no trouble reversing their thinking and embracing the truth is children. You know, as children, we're, I, I can tell my children when they were younger, not so much now because they have their own point of view and they have their own thoughts which we've helped them under, to, to come to grips with. But as children, I could just say, and they would believe it, it's a simple trust. You know, tigers have stripes and zebras have stripes. And, and do you believe that? Yeah, yeah, no problem. They believed it. And, it. and if they're believing something wrong and I told them something else, they'll believe it. And my, my children were simple trust. We were all like that once. Let's not lose it. Let's not lose it. A simple trust. And so Jesus says, you know, to reverse your thinking in what you believe sometimes. Maybe today it's about what you believe in God. It's about how you've put God, maybe this God. Or maybe you don't even believe in God today. Or God will make an invitation to you. He's been doing it all morning. It's simply, would you believe? Because if you, 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 that, would become, that would be becoming like a little child if you started to believe. Be childlike, not childish. When my mum and dad told me something, you know what? I just believed them. I had a simple trust, an uncomplicated trust as an adult. Two years ago, I was, just stayed one night with my brother, my brother who's um, got five children now. At the time, he only had three. He now has five. But his youngest at the time, her name was Elsie, and she was only two. And so we were staying, and that morning I got up, and I was about to have an internal staircase in their house, and I was about to, to go up the staircase to the bedroom, back to the bedroom. It was kind of about 7 o'clock in the morning. And as I approached the stairs, there were just about eight stairs. At the top of the stairs was this little, beautiful little girl called Elsie. She's only two and a bit years old, and she has the biggest smile on her face. And I'm just standing at the bottom, and, 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 her, and her cuteness just made me pause for a moment and look at her, and... And, you know, I'm just enjoying it. And um, my brother um, failed to tell me something. And, the, and what he failed to tell me was the reality that there was a little uh, tradition that he had with Elsie. He'd stand at the bottom of the stairs and she'd stand at the top of the stairs, eight stairs away. 
which is a reasonable distance, and she would launch herself from the top of the stairs, and my brother Jason would catch her, and Elsie would laugh, and he'd put her down, and she'd go to the top, and she'd do it again. Now, I didn't know this. So I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs. I'm taking the first step up. She launches from the top step. (laughs) I'd like to tell you that I missed her, but I didn't. (laughs) Thankfully, I had eye contact. And as she launches herself, I look up just in time to catch her in two hands. She has the biggest smile on her, head, on her face. She giggles and laughs. She never gave me any word of warning. She just did it. Why could she do what she did? Because she's never been dropped. And you know what? She has such a faith that if there's a man that looks anything like a man and resembles something like her dad, they'll catch me. What a simple faith that child has. I just couldn't get over it. I just, you know, um, she was so willing. I mean, just imagine if you missed her. And if I just went, oh. (laughs) Number one, it'd be cruel. (laughs) And I don't think the excuse, I just wanted to teach her a lesson, Jason, (laughs) wouldn't cut it. But the simple trust that she had, simple trust that she had. And, 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 you know, I... You know, it was a simple thing. I jump, you catch me. I enjoy the feeling of free fall. You enjoy the feeling of relief that you caught me. I laugh and I go and do it all over again. It was really simple formula for her. There was nothing complicated about it. Folks, what complicates your faith today? Because God is a God that says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there. And I want to tell you this morning, God is a God who will always catch you. He'll always be there. Now, the only reason that we don't think God will catch us and be there for us is because, unfortunately, we compare God to other people who haven't. I want you not to compare God to other people. Because there's plenty of people who haven't caught you, have disappointed you, got upset you, walked away. Whatever it may be, but God is not like that, I want to tell you today. He's a God that catches when we take a leap of faith. Now, for us who are believers in Jesus Christ... You, you will accept that, but when you're going through it at the time and you think, God, was what is happening now? What is happening now? God, are you, are you going to look after me in this? And God has never left you, folks. He's always there. You say, but there's bad things happening. Well, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He doesn't love you any less just because something bad happens in your life. God always couldn't love you more than he does now, and he couldn't love you any less than he does now. What an incredible God. And you can be assured, folks, he's not like maybe the person who let you down. He is a God that's capable and a God that's very reliable and a God that is there. Now, for those of us, maybe you're not quite sure what you believe in God. The the good news is, is that he says, you know, if you'd embrace a belief in me, if you would convert and turn your mind around to believe and just embrace that truth, you know what? I'll always be there for you. And he'll accept you the way you are. He'll accept you. He doesn't necessarily leave you the way you are, but he certainly wants to embrace you and help you. And all he says is it takes a simple trust and a childlike trust and faith. Today, Maybe you do need to take a leap of faith for your own good. Wherever you stand and whatever your beliefs may be for Jesus Christ.
Take a leap of faith. I just think we just need to come with this simple faith. I think, I think we need to understand that, you know, that the childlikeness in God's eyes is realizing there is an unless in our life. There is, a, there is times when we've just got to realize, not expect the reward if there's never been the effort. That's the God we serve. We reap what we sow. The only time that that does not apply is right now when he says, I want to accept you. There's not a thing you could do that would make him accept you more than he will now. That's the only time it doesn't apply. His love for us is incredible. And there's no, un, un, God doesn't say this morning, unless you do a certain thing, I won't accept you. Doesn't apply in this situation. He embraces you, he accepts you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, a God says, there's a, there's a thing I want to do, and that's I want to embrace you. It's, there's a wonderful word in the Bible, it's called grace. It means he gives you favor and love, even though we don't deserve it. And that's the wonderful thing about our God. So this morning as I close, um, I think three things to be childlike. I think very clearly he just says, unless. He then, he then talks about uh, faith, simple faith. He then talks about not necessarily needing the recognition, but just doing what's good anyway. So today, can we just stand together as we close? I want to just pray for you today as we finish this service. And I just wanted to know if anybody wanted to be included in this prayer. It's a really simple prayer. It's just a prayer that will say, Father, I just thank you that you're real, that you're incredibly reliable, and that you're good, and that you'd help me, God, in my journey to discovering you more and more, that you'd help me understand what you're about. That's the kind of prayer I want to pray this morning. And I'm just wondering if anybody wants to be included in that prayer. Can we just... Maybe close their eyes just for a moment to give each other a little bit of privacy, just for those last few moments of this service today. If you'd like to be included in that prayer because God extends, just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else like to be included in that prayer that I want to pray this morning? God, God just incredibly um, wants you so much because he has plans and purposes. Thank you. I see those hands. You can put those hands. Thank you very much, madam. Thank you. Anybody else, I just give a moment. It's not my prayer that makes it powerful, but it's your heart's desire to receive what's said that makes it powerful. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you, madam. Anybody else this morning? Okay, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I stand here um, as your um, representative, God, and it's a real privilege to do that. I thank you for the opportunity to pray for these every precious person here today. And you see the hands that have been raised, and behind the hand is their heart. And they're saying, um, clearly, I outlined it, Lord, that they're asking that you'd help them in their journey of discovery of you and walking in your ways. That you'd help them, God, to come to a realization and a reality of knowing how much you have a plan and purpose for their lives. And Father, that you would steer them and guide them, and they'd be able to see very clearly, without a doubt, that your hand has been there instrumenting and directing them. And Father, as you reveal yourself, that they'd be open to receive that. Oh Lord, I ask that in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name in this world. And I ask the Holy Spirit that you'd do what we can't, and that's bring people to yourself 
Father, more and more. So I thank you for every person, every older person, every younger person um, who's just lifted their hand this morning. And this would be our prayer and our request today, and I believe it's theirs as well. And we commit ourselves to you as we go our separate ways now. In Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's been great to have you at Port City. Have a wonderful day. We have morning tea. I'd love to uh, just connect. If you wanted to stick around, that'd be great. Thank you.